0: For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number Store or sleepnumber.com.
1: Hello my friends, Simon Miller here. And welcome to Ups oh, right, okay, just one second. Honestly, is that going to keep happening? Why? Why the flub would you think that's a good idea? Nobody wants to hear throughout like a a constant shut. What is wrong with you? (laughs) And of course, WWE would never do anything like that. But yes, we have just had WWE Fastlane, a pay-per-view premium live event on a Saturday night. And you need to know whether it was good and you need to know whether it was bad. I don't know. Nobody knows apart from this, the finger of power. So let's give the good bits an up and the bad bits are down. Fastlane didn't start with Pat McAfee doing the voiceover for the opening video, and in it he was kind of mad, being all like, oh man, I bet you didn't think I was going to do this. I was like, to be honest with you, Pat, I hadn't even thought about it. This pay-per-view premium live event was nuts too, because who saw this coming? Not I. For it was indeed Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso, who have no win-loss record when it comes to a tag team division, taking on the Judgment Day, and Cody and Jay won the championships. I mean, ooh, the lally. It was absolutely excellent, though. And we tied it into the whole story. Because JD McDonough and Damian Priest are definitely going to fall out properly. And also, when it comes to Damo, well, I don't think he's going to be in the Day of Judgment for very long. Jay Uso and Priest started this off, too. And I was like, huh, oh, maybe one day they can do this feud again but for the World Heavyweight Championship. When Jay tagged in Cody and he went after Damo's leg which made sense, he's a big, big man. That did indeed bring in Finn Balor and him and Priest then cast teamwork. Because Of course, that's what you have to do in the tag team division, and my word, it came together. They started to pummel these fools. They primarily went after Jay Uso as well. And this is how you know we've done a great job with Jay. I had so much sympathy for him and I just wanted him to do well. They both then made a mistake so Cody Rhodes got the first hot tag and he just kicked Finn Balor right in the face. You could even say it was a disaster. When Bala was able to fight back, he went for the Coupe de gras, but he totally missed. Instead, he got superplexed, and that's when we got more hot tags. I was like, man, there's a lot of warm slapping going on in this match. Which is when Priest went for the Razor's Edge, but Jay Uso stopped that, and he hit the big frog splash, and he got a one 2 Ooh, I mean, Bella broke that up at the last second, and it was excellent. And because it was going so bad for the Judgment Day, all of a sudden, here came Mammy and Pappy, or Rhea Ripley, and Dominic Ripley. Nope, wait a minute. Dominic Mysterio. Let's face it, it's kind of true. We then got another 1 2 ooh, because Bala finally got his big stop, but Cody was able to break that up before the three. And this is when I was like, man. This is rocking and a rolling, and I totally bought in before this. I was like, well, the judgment day are definitely going to win. And now I wasn't sure. Chaos then ensued because Dr. Robotnik's underling JT McDonough was here, and that was going to end in a massive whoopsie. And we kind of got one before that too, because Rhea got the briefcase, and she smacked Jay right in the head. Why you thought that was going to lead to the finish? It didn't. Because instead, Damian Cody started fighting on the outside. This is when McDonut was like, well, that was a pretty good idea. Why don't I do it too? And he swung this thing and he missed. And he hit Damian Priest instead. Rock, Cody was fine with that as well. So he hit a crossroads into Alan The Announced Table. I was like, man, that looked horrible. Went back in the ring. Jay smashed Finn Balor around when he got hit with a crossroads too. And yeah, one, two, three. This place came unglued. So did I. I was like, wait a minute, they won the Tag Team Champions. <laughs> Something happened to my voice. This was just a great opener, though, and again, it kind of just told you Damian Priest is going to be kicked out of the Judgment Day. Also, it's Cody's first title since he came back to the WWE. And Jay Uso is now a Tag Team Champion with someone that isn't his brother so much in this package. Giving it an up. And then, I think I took some drugs. Because we were in the back with Booker T and Wade Barrett having a chat when Xavier Woods walked in and said, hey, <laughs> who wants to talk about pizza? But he pretended he was going to have some bad news before he was like, "Oh No, I love cheese on toast. And this was just one big commercial, the Pizza Hut. And I'll let you in to a little Simon Miller fact. Pizza Hut is my favorite of all the pizza joints. It's true that. There go the comments. That's all people are going to talk about. The joy then continued after this, too. I mean, it made no sense. But who needs sense in wrestling? Not me. But it was the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley taking on Rey Mysterio Santos Escobar and a mystery man, and when the bell went ding, 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 or phew, given that it was fast lane, they didn't have a partner. So it was a handicap match. I was like, wait a minute. I thought Ray was meant to have a friend. I suppose this was actually quite a smart idea because we are trying to have the Street Profits and Bobby booed. And at the moment, they do keep getting cheered. And then when we started off with Montez Ford taking on Santos Escobar, the reason Montez dropped the ball is because he was being a super duper arrogant Alan. So it does tie in. Because they're both absolutely crazy too. Santos hit this wild hurricane runner from the top of the turnbuckle. I was just like, man... How do they do this? It's beautiful. Ford then chop-blocked him because Flubber guy's knee, which is when Bobby Lashley tagged him. And he was just crushing people's bones because he's so damn big. Ray then tagged in because he thought he could get away with this. But Lashley grabbed him and once again he was just hurling him around like he was a child. And don't do that to kids. Yeah. Mysterio kept trying to get the tag to Escobar too, but these guys kept cutting Santos off. So we are planting those seeds. But it also left the question, what is Rey gonna do now? Because if he can't even tag his real partner, well, he doesn't have another one. Selina Vega disagreed, and this is when she decided to take out Montez with a hurricane rana, which the referee was totally fine with, when all of a sudden it turned out that Ray Mysterio had found a buddy boy. Because here came Repo Man. I thought it was Repo Man. That would have tied into the story too. He could have been like, oh, I'm so sorry. I am late. I was trying to steal somebody's car, but it wasn't him. But I'm still damn happy it was Carly Dole. I popped big for this because I love that guy and the fans did too. And Ray tagged him in instantly. I wouldn't have done that. I'd have been stubborn. I'd be like, "Ah." Oh. You want to turn up now, you don't get no tag. He looked great though, and I'm so happy he does get to have one last go around. And again, before all of this, I would have been like, well, Bobby Leslie and the Street Profits should get the win here. And I still actually do think that. But sometimes I just want to feel warm and fuzzy in my tum tum, and that's what I got. Because Carlito just hit the backstabber onto Montez Ford and he picked him, one, two, three. And I was like, man, that's really cool. Apple, <laughs> spit. You know the deal. For some reason too, we've changed Carlito's music. He's got the most generic Caribbean theme ever now. It sounds like something from Monkey Island. And let's not forget as well, looking at it from a narrative point of view, he must have chosen reaction over helping his pals. I mean, we must have got this. So you promised me you're definitely going to come out with this at the start of the match. Yes, of course. Promise? Yes. Promise? Yes. <laughs> totally not going to. But whatever. Better late than never. And I would use this to turn Bob and his crew into total loons. I enjoyed this very much. Up. Which was the same after this too, because Xavier Woods was back. He was feeding pizza to Corey Graves and Michael Cole. I tell you this. WWE is so lucky they have him on the books. He could make anything work. This is when we cut back to what we've done in the pre-show too, because that's right. Jade Cargill arrived at the building. She got out of a car and she's like, "Hello, Triple H," and Triple H's like, "Hello, Jade Cargill." Also, she was in her wrestling gear. I suppose she wanted to be prepared. We do continue to sell her like a megastar though, which is what we should do. Otherwise, what was the point of signing her in the first place? It also tied into our next match, too, because, of course, it was Oscar taking on Charlotte Flair, taking on Eo Sky for the WWE Women's title. I thought this was very, very good. There was no damage control to begin with either, so maybe Bayley does want Eo to lose the championship at some point. And almost instantly, Oscar just went, and she spat in the mist right into Charlotte's face. I was like, man, imagine if she won that quickly. She didn't. Given that Flair was then on the outside of the ring, going, oh, I can't see, it means for a little while we did get Oscar versus EO Sky, and you know the deal with that, they just smack lumps out of each other like they owe each other money, though that makes no sense because if Oscar owes Sky money and Sky owes Oscar money, you can just call it evens walk away it was kind of cool though because when charlotte did get back in there she cast anger and she absolutely whipped these guys including hitting the ultimate comeback move of 2023 the crossbody what did i tell you i've been mentioning this for the last four to six weeks i could feel it in my bones and i've been proven right it was then chop time as the queen continued to be on top and i was like man wwe doesn't do this unless it's got some kind of a plan and when Sky, and flair were tussling in the corner Oscar just went over and did this crazy bomb of power. I mean, that rules. She then tried to pin everybody, so we got loads of one-two-oo's, but that didn't work, so Charlotte Flair was all of a sudden trying to apply the figure eight. When Sky broke down with a meteora, that's when I was like, yep, we've done it. As revenge, Oscar and Sky then locked Charlotte in double submissions, which seemed awfully unfair, when all of a sudden, wham, bam, thank you, man. She came back with a spear. I mean, this was just good wrestling tennis. This is when Bailey must have realized, oh, this isn't going to plan at all. So she did come to the ring, but she basically argued with EO Sky. I was like, man, I don't think this is going well at all. It was such a good red herring though, because Charlotte used that to her advantage. She whacked all of these. When she applied the figure eight onto Oscar, and you thought it, I thought it, my nan thought it, my dead dog thought it, everyone was like, oh my gosh, she's going to tap out, which she did. But by this point, damaged Cole were casting distraction, so the referee didn't see it. In the weird world of wrestling, it means it doesn't count. This is when Bailey just tried to get in the ring. I was like, how is that not a disqualification? It makes no sense, but it did work perfectly because, of course, all of a sudden, EO Sky was like, well, look at Charlotte Flair. She's in a wonderful position for me to hit the moonsault, which she did. She pushed Oscar away, and she got the one, two, three... That was a damn good finish. Now, of course, there is an asterisk here, but let's not worry about that. EO Sky can still sing about the fact that she pinned Charlotte Flair to retain her title. And that is a big deal. Damage control hugged after two, so they are still going to be friends for a while. I suppose we can use this to go back to Charlotte Flair versus Bailey. I got no problem with that. Giving it a night.
0: Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance, United Healthcare Tri-Term medical plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now we all carry around different stresses. They can be. a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P pcom slash slash whatculture.
1: I've then got to confirm that Cody Rhodes and Jay Uso would be part of the post-show press conference. The only reason I mention this is is that what they did was better than the entirety of Fastlane. I can't say for sure, but my Tootsie Toes would assume that they may have been a little bit drunk. That's one of the funniest things I've seen all year. It is brilliant. Which is when we went backstage and we saw LA Knight speeding into the building in a Slim Jim car. Now That's a very strange situation. And of course we did this because it was going to be Lara and John Cena taking on the Bloodline. And this was just fun too, like we'll all forget about it tomorrow, but in the moment, yes. Pat McAfee was out before this too, just to say how much fun he was having. And he introduced John Cena before joining commentary, and he's still so good. And that's right, when LA night did arrive, he just got such a big reaction. This ain't no fluke, man. You can stop seeing that. He's over. Now the most important part of this match, and I'm sure something that is going to tie into the future, is that one, John Cena got absolutely murked during this. And two, a large reason for that, was the one and the only, Solo Sokoa. Huh. I mean, Jimmy helped out too, but every single time Solo looked at John and John looked at Solo, Sokoa would just run through this fall. I mean, it was a bit like SummerSlam and Brock Lesnar. I mean, it wasn't. That is absolutely hyperbole, but I'm just trying to sell the story. It also meant that Knight was getting frustrated on the apron because he couldn't get the hot tag. But it didn't matter because Cena then just got whooped and he got beaten. And he got smashed onto the floor. At one point, I was like, man, I don't think he's ever going to be able to do a movie again. He also got repped with this hip attack that made me go wibbly jibbly in my legs. And even when he hit the AA onto Jimmy Uso, he couldn't make the pin. And he still couldn't make the tag because his HP was totally depleted. Hilariously, though, he found his second wind after Solo had gone. Well, I'm going to give you one Bunzai drop. That worked. And I'm going to give you another, which is when Cena got his knees up, which basically means his knees, went into Sola Sokoa's ass. It was enough, though, and LA did get the tag. This place went absolutely crazy, and he just balked them around for a while. But sometimes that's all you need in sports entertainment. It made me pleased. I mean, he didn't even care when he got hit with a kick that was super because he came back with his Yeah elbow. And that would have won it too if it wasn't for these meddling kids or the bloodline. Costola Sako was there to break it up, which is where John Cena hit the ultimate comeback move of 2023. I ain't kidding either. He hit a crossbody from the top of Tina the Turnbuckle. And look, if Cena is doing it, somebody has clued him up. Jimmy then hit the big splash so John Cena was going to go for an AA, but he got taken out when everybody was down which is when LA Knight hit what I can only call like a running superplex, which is when the good guys got rid of Sola Okoa. They just hit him with every single maneuver when it was LA Knight. then hit the blunt force trauma and he got the one, two, three. Once again, we ain't mucking around with this. It also looked like Cena was going to raise his hand afterwards, but actually LA Knight did that to John, which I think actually touched him, which he also talked about in the aftermath. And don't forget, who got pinned here? Jimbo Uso. And who is back on Smackdown? It is Roman Reigns. So if you enjoy Jimmy's head being attached to his body, well, I would enjoy it as much as you can. So once again, it's not gonna last long in anybody's memory, but I bet you it helps LA Knight to the nth degree, which was the point. I just had a good time, which sums up Faster Lane, giving it an up. It was then time to make sure nobody tuned out because we were in the back with a judgment day and Damien Priest was like, I'm mad, I'm pissed, I'm angry. I ain't leaving here without a title which is when he raised up and looked at his Money in the Bank briefcase, which is kind of a strange thing to do. Rhea totally disagreed with this, though, because look at you, Damien, you're so damn injured, and he did agree, (laughs) but once again, he is so going to get kicked out of this group. Which did indeed bring us to our main event, Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins, last man standing World Heavyweight Championship. I'm just going to start applauding now. I thought it was excellent. Now, people keep saying, much like a Simpson episode, they've always wanted the old Nakamura, and surely this was the closest we've got to it. But also, this Seth Rollins man, he pulled out a home run of a performance. I mean, this was really, really good. We had kendo sticks and just destroying the ring almost instantly when we introduced table, ladders, and garbage cans. When we went all Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too, because Shinsuke had damn nunchucks, or nunchaka, whatever the hell you call it. That ain't the right word. Everyone in his social media was like, man, we've called it the wrong thing. Who cares? Get a real problem. Nakamura just whooped Seth's ass using these as well when he was in a trash can, which is the most wrestling sentence ever. And when he got bored of this, he went back to the stick's name, Ken. I mean, where the hell did he even come from? Rollins didn't enjoy any of that, so he got his revenge by doing the same thing. When he hit a dive, that just made me laugh. I was like, Seth, you've got a bunch of weapons. And you decide to do a dive. I mean why not we also got this vicious stomp which is when the referee started counting and he got to eight when there was a bunch of tables and everybody was just being thrown through these then we got to nine then we got to seven then we got to four we were teasing and teasing and teasing we also got this horrible back body drop onto the exposed concrete and it was seth rollins that took this now i know the back injury ties into the story but it's also based in reality, and I was like, Seth, what are you doing? You don't need to do it. This was just way more brutal than WWE usually does, and then we were getting pedigrees, and then Seth Rollins on another table on the outside, and Shinsuke climbed to the top, and he kneed him through it. I man, that was kind of violent. They got even more insane because there was another ladder, and these two climbed to the top of it, which is when Nakamura went, and he smacked the red mist, into Rollins' face, and he pushed him, and he crashed through a table. Now, this wasn't the finish, but if the ref had got to 10, I'd have been like, yeah, of course he did. We then got this gnarly Kinshasa through a table, and I tell you, that probably should have been the finish. That should have been the moment we did crown Shinsuke Nakamura as the world heavyweight champion. But we didn't now it was actually a really cool get out of jail free card here because what seth did was he was near the side of the apron so he slid out and he was standing up on the outside and without that he would have fallen down and lost And then they all suddenly started fighting into the crowd but once again they were just throwing each other into everything including this stomp on a platform and when that didn't work you ain't gonna believe this rollins hit a falcon arrow off this platform area through this table type thing and finally Nakamura wasn't able to get up to the count of 10 but once again let's just replay that we won the match with a damn Falcon Arrow we are not in Kansas anymore Toto so this blew my mind because that's been a transitional move for ages to the point in my own wrestling matches I started using that as a finish Just because I had a bee in my bonnet about it, it should be an ender. It's also pretty cool as well because they both kind of stumbled up at the count of 10. Nakamura was just a little bit late, so we sold Seth as a hero and we reminded you this Nakamura man, he is dangerous. Just not dangerous enough to win a championship. Who knows? to both though because they genuinely just not lumped out of each other during this. I thought it was a great performance all around.
0: I'm giving it up. Which
1: kind of does tie into the pay-per-view premium live event in general because everybody went out there and they just gave us so much effort. And we had everything with Carlito. We had everything with Jade Cargill. And we had an advert for Pizza Hut. I mean, what else do you want? Up. Now, please do like the video, share the video and subscribe. Leave a comment below and let me know what you thought about this show. Make sure you go and watch Ups and Downs for Smackdown to complete your Ups and Downs journey. And tomorrow we'll also up those downs for Collision. As a small spoiler, so turn off if you don't want it. FTR lost the flubbing tag team tiles. What? My name is Simon Ward Culture. Thank you very much for watching me as always. Make sure you have a great Sunday or a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, depending when you do watch this. A Bit like your Craig David. You take care of yourself. See you soon.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley.